Of course, we have Keith Smith joining us for one more segment. Nice enough to stick around for two of Spotrack. And, you know, we, we, we look right now, and I, I Trista, I'll tell you this. Like, I I feel like the West has is much more competitive. Yeah. Yet at the same time, I st- there's still some teams at the top, like the Grizzlies and Nuggets, where you go, okay, they didn't make big moves, but they're, they're still as as good as anybody that's tried to be more aggressive and catch up with them. Yeah, and I'm curious, Keith, about the Clippers. I just don't get it, honestly. I thought that they were going to try to make a move for Fred Van Fleet, and now it looks like you know you get rid of Reggie Jackson and you get rid of John Wall, and what you're going to get now is Bones Highland and Russell Westbrook? What am I missing? <laughs> yeah, I I think the Mason Plumley addition does help them. They needed any big behind Avita Zubac right. at all, so that that will help. But yeah, I mean Bones Highland. This is a guy, the Nuggets, who are at the top of the conference and presumably competing with the Clippers to get to the finals. They were like, sure, we'll, we'll let him go, and for not even much of a return. So that that to me is a little worrisome. I, I think. They made their changes. They, they, they're going to be a different team now, and they're, they're going to look different, but but we'll see. I know they weren't happy with their point guard play for most of the year with Reggie Jackson yeah. and John Wall, and now, now we'll see what it, what it looks like with Terrence Mann's going to get the run there. Uh, you know, But we'll, we'll see if they can poach somebody on the buyout market or not. They'll probably be pretty active. But, yeah, a little bit of a disappointment from the Clippers for sure, which is kind of the term for this entire Clippers ever, quite frankly. Yeah. Right. It's like they, they were supposed to get a point guard. Right? Do you have any insight in terms of why that fell apart? Yeah, I was told they really wanted Kyrie Irving, and that that was not just a smokescreen that they were trying to get in on getting Kyrie, and that turned into, yeah, it just didn't go that way. They didn't have necessarily the same kind of assets to send back because they were a little pick poor and those kind of things uh, there, and, and then then they just ultimately chose to go a different direction. So, yeah, they, they didn't get Fred Van Vliet. There was talk of Kyle Lowry. I was told Kyle Lowry's market was basically nil. Everybody was kind of like, this guy yeah. looks like he might be done uh so i i think for that clippers they looked at it and said hey we've been playing pretty good when we actually show up and take it at least semi-seriously and play most of our guys so we'll we'll do some additions around the edges and kind of keep it moving that way keith what are the raptors doing because for the last couple weeks we were talking about where's fred, uh, fred van vliet gonna go where's og going gary trent jr even pascal siakam they're 26 and 30 they're the 10th seed right now in the eastern conference what are they doing? Are they running it back one more year with this roster? Or uh, I don't know. I just, I'm confused at what Toronto's plan was here. You and me both, uh, and a lot of people around <laughs> the league. It, it, it was, you know, one of those things where everybody kind of, we got to about 2.30 and was like, all right, are we finally going to get the big Raptors uh, trades to, to drop? And then they just never kind of happened. And and yeah. they, they were positioned where they made it pretty clear early on, or at the, really the end of last week, like, we're not going to be full on sellers here. We're, we're going to try to still be pretty good if we can. We're, we're going to, you know, maybe move some guys, but we're going to bring some guys in and we, we don't want to fully tear this thing down and bottom it out. And, and, Jakob Pertl is fine, and he'll be a nice addition for them, and he'll probably be their long-term center moving forward. But there's a lot more work to be done on that roster. It's an even a weirder roster now because now everybody's to the slide. They don't necessarily really fit all that great in. So I'm just really not sure what, what they're doing, and that's where, where a lot of people were. Feel, feels like a very big missed opportunity for them when we saw what the prices some of these guys were fetching, that they didn't move OG Ananobi – Fred Van Vliet, uh, Gary Trent Jr., guys like that. All right, so we've spent all this time talking about trades, but really haven't gotten much into Kyrie Irving going to the Mavericks, given all the other stuff that's happened just since yesterday. 
Looking back now, and again, we talked a little bit about the Lakers and some of these teams in the West that either did or didn't make moves, like the Clippers not really doing a lot. What do you see in terms of the Mavericks' short-term future? I know with Kyrie, uh, they have to work out a long-term deal with him or a longer-term extension of some kind because right now we're looking at just it's this year he's a rental and then you figure out the rest from there. But in this moment, with this team they've got constructed, once Luka Doncic gets back, what is the ceiling for this Mavs team? They're going to be really, really good offensively. They're, they're really going to push and, and uh, make it tough on other teams to defend them. It's essentially Kyrie Irving gives them a souped-up version of what Jalen Brunson was. I don't have the worries that a lot of people came up with of there's only one ball or these guys are going to be able to play together. Kyrie's played with LeBron. He's played with Kevin Durant. He's going to be fine. He knows how to play with, with other guys. It, in this year, he'll probably be on his best behavior. rest of the season, everything will probably be fine. It's your two, three, and beyond. If it goes that far, we'll probably see some kind of circus that sends everything spiraling. But for now, they should be fine. Their challenges, they don't have anybody other than Josh Green, who's a very young player that really plays a lot of defense. Maxi Kleba will come back, and he should help them defensively. But I think for them, they're going to have to – try to beat teams, you know, 120 to 115 a lot of nights. And we'll, we'll see if they've, they've got enough offensive firepower to go. I think they're probably in a tier below some of those other West teams that really loaded up and improved. I'm really curious, Keith, of uh, the James Wiseman experiment <laughs> comes to an end. And <laughs> Joe Lacob loved him some James Wiseman, boy. He did not want to let him go. He did not want to say it was a mistake. Somehow Bob Myers and in the final year of his deal, figured out a way to pry James Wiseman from Joe Lacob's hands, and they get Gary Payton back. Uh, what do you make of what the Warriors did at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big upgrade because Gary Payton can play, and we've no sense that James Wiseman can. And Gary Payton was a huge part of them winning the title last year. So uh, they're going to get him very obviously, right? They just plug him right back in and just, hey, do your thing. You know, do, do what you do, and, and they'll move forward with that. So that's big for them to get a guy who can fill rotation minutes and do a lot of things for them, for a guy who wasn't filling rotation minutes. It was never going to work with James Wiseman in Golden State. It had just gone too far. There's too much pressure pressure on him because they needed to win. You have the draft status hanging over him. This fresh start for him in Detroit is huge because he'll get there, get a chance to play there. Well, we'll find out here over the next couple of years if this kid can really play or not. I think there's still a player in there. It just wasn't ever going to happen in Golden State. And kind of kudos for them. It took them a long time to get there, but they finally did realize and move away from this whole silly, you know, we, we're going to have two timelines and, you know, 20 years of dominance and all this stuff. Build around your core now. Do right by Steph and Clay and Dre and those guys and try to win today. Yeah, I was just really following up on that James Wiseman of the Pistons. It kind of feels like he's a perfect Piston, right? Just like feeding <laughs> off of athleticism, you know, not a yeah. lot of, you know, a lot more organized chaos or less organized chaos. Uh, what does that mean, I guess, for Jalen Duran too? Yeah, kind of funny. Two Memphis guys, right, that, that are now going to kind of go head-to-head. -head. But I think if you're the Pistons, let's throw them out there. You know, they'll, we'll split the minutes down the middle. Whoever's playing better, we'll get more of them, and we'll, we'll just figure it out. I think Detroit has really handled things. And since Cade Cunningham went down and was kind of, all right, our season's not going to go so great, it wasn't let's go completely in the tank here and let's trade Bogdanovich and sit all these guys because then it gets really messy. And, and if you're getting blown out and getting your head kicked in every single night, 
you get nothing out of that. It just doesn't go well for you. So I think for them, it turns into, let's try to be at least semi-competitive, but we're going to play all these kids. We're going to throw them out there. We're going to play big lineups, small lineups, you know, lineups with three guards, lineups with, you know, three bigs. We're going to do all sorts of stuff and, and try it. The, giving up on Sadiq Bay, that's a little odd to me, but sounds like there were some odds between him and the, the, the front office there and maybe the coaching staff. So that's probably why that went that way. But very, very interesting, you know, moves here by the Detroit as they kind of continue this rebuild. I'd say after the deadline, you can make the case for like six, seven teams to come out of the West that could win it all. And then in the East, like you look at the deadline, who got better? Who do you think it's Boston for me? I mean, they're 39 and 16. They're playing good basketball right now. Uh, who challenges Boston in a seven game series? Is it Milwaukee with that addition? Is it Philadelphia who didn't really have to do a whole lot? Maybe Cleveland? Yeah, I think Milwaukee and Boston are the two best teams. I think they're in a tier of their own at the top of the conference. Those teams, two teams are very, very good. Uh, they've proven that. Philly, for me, that loss to Boston without three starters and then a fourth starter goes down at halftime and the Celtics really controlled the entire second half. That says to me, I just – I don't know where Philly's going. They just can't seem to get by the Celtics when no matter what happens, Joel Embiid just doesn't have it. They just can't get there. So I, I think, you know, if you're the Celtics, you're looking at the Bucs. That's the team you're worried about. And and we'll see, you know, they feel pretty good against the Bucs, but they feel really good against everybody else. I think Cleveland's probably a year away. This is the year to get into the playoffs, experience what it's like to play the same team four, five, six, seven times in a two-week period, see what, it, what it's like, how you have to make adjustments to win playoff games, and then they'll really get after it next season but for now boston milwaukee maybe philly i also don't necessarily trust philly to stay healthy that's a whole other yeah. issue but it's yeah. uh you know it, it's tough you know but i i think you know now it's kind of celtics box and everybody else is hoping maybe something happens and we can sneak in talking to keith smith bet mgm tonight yo the nets were in that conversation maybe for a little while when they were playing great basketball and jock vaughn seemed like he'd gotten them all together and it was about basketball. Well, that's all changed. They're 101 to win the title now. Nobody has the Nets obviously winning an NBA title this season. What is the future for this team? Is it a long-term rebuild? I mean, I know Ben Simmons, there was really no trade market for him. I mean, they go from James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant to now Cam Thomas, who's been awesome, and Ben Simmons and a bunch of good role players. I like Mikael Bridges, but like they, they went from all of this, these expectations to the great, one of the greatest letdowns we've ever had in the NBA in terms of that original big three they started. What's the future of this team? I think now you let Sean Marks do what he did after the Boston trade. When he came in, it was, hey, all those picks are gone. That's sunk cost. We can't get those back. Now we start the process of trying to build this team back up. And he did a really good job. I call it the diamond mining process. That's how they found Spencer Dinwiddie. That's how they found Joe Harris. And how they did that was, hey, we're going to use the bottom three, four spots on our roster. We're going to constantly churn it. We're going to bring new guys in. We're going to keep trying guys out. And, you know, eventually we might try 10 guys. Guys, but one of them might pop and stick and say, hey, this is an NBA guy. And now now we move it forward. I think that's what they start. Now they're starting from a little bit better of a place because Mikhail Bridges is really, really good. Cam Johnson's pretty good. So I think what they're going to have to avoid is if they can get into a spot where it's, you know what, we're pretty good. We're 45, 50 win team. And, you know, we're fourth, fifth in the conference and we're competitive. You can't then say, hey, 
there's two stars who really want to come to New York. Let's go get them. <laughs> because if they're not the right two stars, it all goes sideways on you so very quickly. I mean, dude, people were telling me, you know, two years ago, oh, man, now KD's back. This team's going to be dominant. They're, they're, they won one playoff series. That's it. One playoff series in their entire time together there in Brooklyn. And that's, you know, that's just, like you said, that's a massive, massive failure. And now it's we got to start over again and pick up the pieces, but they're doing it with some pretty good players and a whole boatload of draft picks and probably more coming when they get into the summertime and beyond. Keith, I would be remiss as a Portland Trailblazer fan <laughs> to not ask uh, what the hell they're doing. I, I don't know. It Maybe outside of Toronto, not trading guys, just a super confusing trade deadline. It was like, when they traded Josh Hart, it was like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing here. Maybe they're going to go in a different direction. But then it was, no, nah, let's go add, you know, let's bring in guys this way. Okay, now nah, let's trade Gary Payton the second out and, and move him along. I just, it, it's 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 odd. They're, they're important. I don't really know a good way to, to explain that. And it just feels like we're into, I don't know, year umpteen now of, Damian Lillard and another small guard was C.J. McCollum. Now it's Anthony Simons. And then a whole bunch of guys you kind of like, but you don't necessarily love. And and then they're probably going to give Jeremy Grant a contract I'll hate by the time it's signed. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see. It's, it's just a weird, weird spot there in Portland. I, I felt like it was finally, you know, we kind of picked a direction. And now it's like, oh, let, let's, let's go a completely different way. And that just feels off to me. Keith, we only got about 45 seconds. Uh, Atlanta. Um... Who knows? But John Collins, his name's always on the block. They don't end up moving him again. I just feel like that team is way too good to only be game to be a game below 500. Like, what are they doing? What's their future, Atlanta? Yeah, I don't know. They 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 didn't do a lot. They went and got Sadiq Bay. That's fine. Um, you know, we'll see. That's a little bit of an odd fit because you already have DeAndre Hunter. That would have made been a move that would have made a lot more sense if they had traded Collins, but they didn't. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we might be sitting here ten years from now and saying, man, might maybe the Hawks will trade John Collins uh, this year. Like it just, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know what this team is is doing. They're confusing. They don't play enough defense. Their offense isn't good enough to bail them out. It feels like this is a team that it's all going to kind of end in an early exit in the playoffs and maybe it may be a team that hits reset in a major major way this summer or maybe they're content to just keep plugging along around 500 i really don't know he's at keith smith nba on twitter helping us sift through all the chaos and clutter uh, that has been the nba trade deadline we love having you on thanks for giving us two segments this has been fun 